Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. Ahoy, I'm Colin Buck Hunter, also known as just Hunter. <laughs> and this is a Hero Story, episode 25. That's right, we made it a quarter of the way to 100 episodes. Woo! Uh, uh, Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics, comic book movies, comic book, actual comic books, uh, animation, video games, you name it, we probably talk about it. Um, today, we don't have much news, but we have a decent amount of comics, and... Um, It'll be a pretty fun episode. We usually do like a character of the week at the end where we talk about uh, a certain character, what we like about them, uh, how we first introduced them, that good stuff. Kyle Jordan uh, before- is this week's character, by the yes, way. So- yes, this week, this week will be Hal Jordan as our character of the week. Green Lantern. But before we get started into our episode, uh, we just want to do a special thank you to you, the listeners. Uh, 25 episodes would not be possible without you guys. And uh, yeah, we're just very thankful. Uh, this has been very fun. I can't believe it's already been... 25 weeks of uh recording a podcast we're coming up uh hunter just told me uh in two weeks on six months so uh wow yeah like this, like this started on a live stream on instagram hunter and i used to live stream once a week and somebody as a joke said like oh you guys should start a podcast and we we're like we took that way too seriously we, we bought microphones we you know we made this happen so i'm just um you, you guys made this happen so thank you for listening thank you so much if you're sticking with us, hey, I hope you keep sticking with us. And uh, yeah, just we've thank been you. doing this for almost half a year, and we're not going to stop anytime soon. The weekly episodes shall continue. Yes, we love comics. You love comics. And with that said, let's get to the comics. Um, so just uh, we usually start with the news, but since there was only uh, really uh, one little piece of news this week uh, yeah. on the CW crossover, uh, there was a revealed picture on the set of a bat signal, which does not appear to have the same. Uh, logo as Batwoman, so a lot of people are speculating that Batman may possibly be in the crossover at some or references to Batman. And um, when Kara, Barry, Oliver are standing outside of GCPD, uh, they're talking to a man in a suit. Um, who that's a set picture. Some people are like, oh. yeah. yeah, it's like, uh, but his back is facing the camera. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just, you know, it's Jim Gordon, but he, his hair doesn't exactly look very gray. So a lot of people are like, it's Bruce. Wayne. So uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Superman's in it, so I guess they could use Batman if they wanted to. Uh, the CW's doing their thing, and kudos to them. Uh, yeah. It'd be cool to see Batman. I mean, I'm not counting on it because I don't see that happening, but I don't know. I guess it could happen. If anything, I think we'll get a name drop most. I, I think it'd be cool if we got actual Batman, CW Batman, or Bruce Wayne, if anything. Bruce Wayne's been name dropped in Arrow, I think, twice now, so... That'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, multiple times. But uh yeah, so CW crossover is actually looking fairly interesting. I think I might actually watch it. I mean, I feel like their crossovers are probably their uh strong point of their, you know, seasons usually. Uh so this one's looking to be the best one yet with like, you know, the nineties flash and the flash and arrow switch ups. So I, I think it should be very interesting. And if Batman gets involved in that mix, I mean it would be kind of cool to see uh Tyler Ho whatever his last name is uh Superman Hoekland or something. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Tyler Hoekland Superman interact with a Batman. So world's finest. I mean but yeah. This um, is the first time we're going to see Flash and Superman together in CW, so that's two core league members. So that's cool. It'd be cool if we got three with a Batman man, but who knows. Yeah, I'm I'm not counting on it because I feel like somebody I don't know if it was maybe a leak or a source said that um, we will not be seeing Batman in the crossover. So I think it'll just be references, the bat signal and uh, I don't know, maybe Bruce Wayne. But yeah, so uh, CW crossover looking interesting. I'll probably watch it. Mm-hmm. Me but too. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll review it on here, too, of course, when it comes out 
and like yes yeah since we record on thursdays i mean i think their stuff comes out monday tuesday wednesday thursday if i'm not mistaken so yeah so we'll we'll have the episode up right when the uh episode's done (laughs) yeah so anyway um so with that um that's pretty much it for the news kind of a light news week uh not that i could think we're missing anything else uh the dc nation magazine came out but i guess we'll talk about that more when we get into the comics um there wasn't really a huge dc nation uh issue it's basically just a magazine that usually has like uh how to do some art and interviews with some writers they actually interviewed uh jeff johns for one of them uh brian michael bendis uh joshua williamson joshua williamson sam humphreys yeah so they had a few good writers uh but we'll talk about that later but yeah so let's get right into the comics uh so the big comic of the week uh is the Green Lantern number one by Grant Morrison. Yes. Grant Morrison, you know, finally get, getting into the rebirth flow of things. Uh, he, he wrote, you know, so many great things over the years. Justice League of America in the 1997 series, All Star Superman. Uh, in more recent times, he's, you know, uh, he did the New 52 action comics, and uh, he's made his way into rebirth with the Green Lantern number one. Yeah, he kind of took um, like a three-year, four-year break or something. He hasn't been writing in a while. A lot of people thought he were retired. Yeah, he was taking a big hiatus, and even in because he did a DC Nation interview where how uh, Dan Didio was trying to talk him into coming back, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm not going to write a series." And then uh, I guess Dan started talking to him about the Green Lantern, and he, like, like he plant like Dan Didio planted like a little seed in Grant Morrison's head, which is like, "Damn, I have to write this title." So uh, for once, I'm saying, "Good job, Dan Didio." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Grant Morrison highly anticipated him being on the Green Lanterns, even though we loved uh, Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corpse by Robert Venditti, and uh, Hunter loved the Green Lanterns by multiple writers. Same uh, Humphreys. So those mostly. two, those, yeah, those. But those two are now done, turning into just the Green Lantern number one, which is just gonna, or just the Green Lantern, which will be focusing solely on Hal Jordan and his adventures as a space cop. Uh, this series sounded interesting to us because they talked about how it was going to be, you know, not like earth shattering events or space shattering events, rather, where like the Guardians have gone evil again. Like it, yellow it's like, versus you know, green kind of, versus red, the Lantern Corps, planets blowing up, yeah. everything like that. And, and no. it's not that that's bad. I mean, that, you know, that was I Jeff John's 2005 that. Green Lantern. Yeah, run. it's amazing. I love that but in Hell and Powell's. That was every single yeah. Hell and Powell arc had like world ending threat, galaxy ended threats. But exactly, exactly. But it's a, it's a nice change of pace because. More than anything, Green Lanterns are space cops. So uh, that's really the focus of the Green Lantern number one, I felt. Uh, so I was, I was very excited going into this series. Um, Liam Sharp on the art, even though I don't like the cover, because the cover to me is very cartoony. Um, I liked the How's thighs are way too big. <laughs> the, I mean, I they actually, my comic shop gave me a poster of the cover. <laughs> oh, great. Um, it was like a little small poster. I was like, eh, I don't think I'm going to be hanging that up. But yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of the poster, but or the cover rather. But the interior art I thought was really good. Like even when you first start out, you see all these like different kinds of aliens, and you know that that's something I like about the Green Lantern Corps that you can see all these different kinds of aliens because I mean you know you're not on Earth, you're in space, so it, it's cool to see like you know all these different kinds of species. And like sometimes when you get books that are in space, you get aliens that kind of like look like humans. Like you know they're not really like alien. Like these characters like in this were like alien aliens like yeah you, the second page is half spider half spider half pirate so yeah it's got a they, they take the ridiculousness of uh alien mythology and they just kind of crank it up but it works because it's green lanterns 
Yeah. So, uh, Hunter, do you want to give a quick recap of the issue? Sure. I have the book in front of me here. So it starts off with uh, the Guardians on Oa. No, new Oa, sorry. And they say, like, Green Lantern, Sector 2018.2, report. And we get this uh, Lantern who uh, reports. He's just like, hey, I'm busy now. I'm fighting a spider pirate. I can't talk. And the Guardians are just like, well, too bad. And he's kind of distracted by the Guardians talking to him while he's fighting this pirate. And then the pirate cuts off his finger with a ring on it. But this is where I get kind of confused because his yeah, suit doesn't. I was yeah. By it too. I, I think his finger was like a different like lantern or like he didn't need it to be attached to him because like it was like floating along with him when he was like when he recovered from the fight. Like it was, he's like, hey, that was my favorite finger. And then the finger was kind of just floating with him. So. Yeah, it's not need to be attached. Grant Morrison, this issue's great, but it, it has some problems with. I have some problems with it. Sorry, I can't talk. But uh, so usually when a lantern's finger gets cut off, their suit disappears, but his suit stays on, his ring floats, and he's just like, "Oh man, my finger." And then I kind of get confused by this point. The the whole uh, other lantern, the flu lantern, or something. Basically, any of the scenes with like the alien, like bunch of like different lanterns and stuff, I I did not really comprehend, understand. Uh, I mean, it was interesting, it was beautiful art, but I didn't really understand it. Yeah, it's basically this alien fighting a pirate, and then he like ends up in some cave and then gets killed, and we don't know why, we don't know how. That's later to be explained, I guess. And but the guardians find out that this lantern has been killed, and you see the ring needing a new host because when lanterns die, they do that. But then eventually goes to Earth, and we see Hal Jordan laying in a desert tea area watching jets fly by. Five hours later, he's still laying there. <laughs> it's nighttime. Uh, this woman pulls up in a car. She's just like, I left five hours ago. Have you even moved? I got the groceries. You want to help me? Hal gets up, helps her with the groceries. Uh, eventually, uh, they find out. we find out that they're a couple because uh, they put away the groceries, and then all of a sudden they're in bed together. But which uh, is not even of, not even in bed. They had. I'm pretty sure they were outside for that. If I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, it kind of looks like that. Okay, well they it they go outside like exactly and, where Hal was lying. Yep. Well, she joins him, but without close. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so they kind of do that, which is kind of like, huh? Because uh, the last page of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps rebirth was Hal and uh, Carol, the Star Sapphire, kissing. Carol Ferris. Yeah. Yeah. So they got back together, but now it's like, uh, now you're, now you're not together. <laughs> Who is this woman? So I was just like, dang, I guess they kind of got rid of, they're not really paying attention to the end of Hal and Pal. So that's kind of where, where, where. Yeah. It seems, it seems like, cause, um, I don't read Green Lanterns, but I, I feel like I remember you talking about new Oa and I feel like I remember you talking about how Hal had to send in his battery for like inspection or like cleaning or something like that. Yeah, he did because that, so that was in Green Lantern. So they're continuing some of the stuff that was in Green Lanterns, but mm -hmm. it's weird that that the Hal and Palace, unless Venditti was just putting that in as like kind of a nod to the readers, like that love Hal and Carol. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But basically, like yeah, the end of Green Lanterns, Jessica Cruz's series, which just ended two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, Hal Jordan fought Cyborg Superman, but his ring kind of like was overpowered there so the guardian's just like hey can we look at your battery for a bit you're gonna be like you're gonna not have a charge on your ring just stay on earth we'll call you when it's ready so hal doesn't really have power right now anyways uh the next scene you see is Hal's just kind of walking on a highway hitchhiking in a way not hitchhiking he's just kind of walking and he sits down to eat and some hobo comes up to him he's just like hey uh what are you doing here hal and 
not how, but what are you doing here? And he's not really speaking English that well. Hal's just like, oh, you hungry? Uh, here, take some of my sandwich. And then he like immediately backs away from that. And Hal's just like, oh, you're not human. Your reaction is yeah. typical from a Horminith Collective from Cluster World 3. That's actually what he said. And then all of a sudden, uh, three more of these homeless-looking people come over, and they start fighting him. And then you get this really cool, kind of nostalgic-looking art of how fighting these homeless people. Not like in Green Lantern. like He's just in a white dress shirt and jeans, and he's just punching them. But... I don't know. I, I really like the art here or the coloring. It's very 90s to me, but in a good way. Not like mm-hmm. Aquaman 90s where there's just like 100 abs in one photo. <laughs> but like, it, it's really yeah, nice. I, yeah, no, I get that. Liam Sharp like really did a good job with the pencils. Like I said, I didn't like the cover, but the interior art was just like, like very, very nice. Like it's it's, very it's sharp. nice to look at. Yeah. It, you know, his name's Sharp, but it's, mm-hmm. it's very sharp. Like, imagery, so. <laughs> These people drive by, seeing how fight these uh, four homeless-looking people, and they're just kind of just like, oh, they're just they're just bums fighting. You just ignore them, and they keep driving off. And then all of a sudden, when they drive off, these homeless people they start to kind of like change shape in a way. They get all like gooey. Their head was like, like morphing. Yeah. Yeah, and Hal's just like, okay, now I know your weakness, and starts fighting harder. And then they uh, they kind of yeah, yeah, like take out like yeah, basically he had to take out the one that was the brain of because they're like four connected people, so. If- he took out the brain, he would take out all of them. So the guy with the big head, he took out. And they all kind of... It almost felt like a nod to like Hector Hammond to me. Oh, kind you of, know, yeah, because like, his head was like all big. Like big head. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of reminded me of. So I was like, oh, interesting. But yeah. Yeah, so, and he's just like, well, that was weird. How did you end up here? And then he looks and he sees smoke in the distance and a crash ship. He's like, deja vu. Which is because how Jordan's uh, origin story is a ship crashed near him and he went over and got a, the lantern ring. But he goes over and there's a green lantern in there. And he's just like, my God, what happened to you? And then he recognizes he the like lantern. Knew him. Yeah, yeah. It, it was Chrysalian, he said. And he's just like, hey, look, I'm Hal Jordan. Remember the 2814.1 lantern? Yeah, we work together. And then that alien's just like, oh, Hal Jordan. No, I know you. <laughs> we work together. Uh, this lantern's dying. He's just like, I need help. But Hal's just like, I can't. My, my ring's out of juice. Like, I can't do anything but kind of scan things here and there. I can't charge it. And this lantern's just like, well, take my ring here. Or, I mean, not take my ring. Take my lantern battery. And Hal's like, okay. <laughs> Uses the battery, charges the ring, and then you get the oath and brightest day and blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might. Beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Gets his suit back. Does this epic pose that everyone on Instagram posted about. <laughs> yeah, including his, Hunter, by the way. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> Puts his hand in the air. Light shoots out. He, it's just really cool art there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like where the main part of the issue happens. Then we get to more aliens terrorizing alien cities. Haldron goes to them, be, fights well, them. <laughs> Hal also stopped on Oa, right? Yeah, after that, after the yeah. fight, yeah. Like he, he he took down the alien because like the alien like kept was able to size, and like he keeps increasing and increasing. And Hal kind of like had that kind of like like a smart ass response. Like you keep getting bigger, but you're not thinking about the you know uh, pressure around you. Uh, one step and you'll fall right over and then the dude like falls right over and i guess he hurts like his ankle or something like that he breaks so his ankle yeah it, it's kind of like um i felt like in the new 52 especially we had like kind of the arrogant hal jordan like the lovable but arrogant hal jordan so that's what i kind of felt like in that scene mm-hmm. which i like i'm okay with that yeah uh, i like hal jordan like that but yeah he captures the aliens so like okay i'm gonna take you to new oa and he goes off and he also gets a call from the guardians being like hey we need you a new oa your battery is done so 
goes to Nuoa, talks to the lanterns. They start talking about mythology. They bring him to uh, the lantern library, which is beautiful. It's like this giant book just floating there. <laughs> yeah, it's like from the 2005 Green Lantern run, uh, the Jeff Johns oh, one. It's the Book of Awa. Right. I didn't it's, make that connection the, for some reason. It, it's the new Book of Awa. So, like... It, uh, the Book of Awa in the 2005 Green Lantern run is what predicted Blackest Night and the Sinestro Corpse Wars. <laughs> so like it, it, it like has the ability to like kind of like predict the future or like events that are going to happen. Just it's not very clear. Yep. Um, but like they don't trust the Book of Awa, like especially this new one. They're like I feel like it's wrong. So because um, uh, this is the best part of the book, which I didn't notice on my first read for some reason, but I'm looking at it now. I'm like, oh my god, how did I not see that? Did you see what was on the book? No, what was on the Okay, book? well, I'm, I'm going to explain. Blow your mind, and then you're going to go grab the issue and be like, what the heck? So, the <laughs> Guardian is just like, look, look, this is the book of Oa. Tell us the future, tell us the past, blah, blah, blah. I've analyzed it for a while now, and it has flaws. Like, it's taking place without our knowledge. So, the book of Oa may no longer be trusted. If you look at the book of Oa, the only thing on it is Dr. Manhattan's symbol. Oh, snap. How yeah, did I, I didn't notice that, that at first. Ed. But I'm looking at it right now. Dr. Manhattan's symbol is on the Book of Oa. And the Guardian's just like, look, the timeline is being weird. Like, some things take place and some place, some things don't take place. Like, it doesn't make sense. And the only thing showing up is there's a symbol. And it's Dr. Manhattan's symbol. So, bam. Doomsday clock tie-in. And wow. <laughs> he starts saying, like, we rely on that which is certain. We are the Guardians of the Universe. We are the law. From the Great Attractor at the heart of things, we overlook all that. But this is wrong. Like something's going on in the universe, and we don't know what it is. And then it starts going through like all these uh, future events. Maybe we see uh, crap, I forget his name. Lar, it's the lantern with the bell on his symbol. You know, I like, don't know which one you're talking about. Oh, it has. Oh, it's the Lar, Lar Flap Pan or something like that. He's a Green Lantern. He doesn't have a Green Lantern symbol. He relies on uh, on like sound instead of constructs. He's really cool though. He's a good guy. And then you see uh, kind of like a skull in space. And then you see like Oa and you see all these things that don't make sense, but will probably make sense in like 10 issues from now. So he's just, mm-hmm. the Guardian's just like, the world's being weird right now. We got to find out what's going on. Issue ends with uh, some aliens talking and you see like an evil looking HAL robot thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like basically like a cyborg Superman, but like instead of the half Superman face, it's half HAL Jordan and it was wearing yellow. So. And it has, like, it's opened up, but you see, like, an actual heart inside instead of machine. So, yes, organic, And I then guess. Um, the, the issue, like, ends with, like, um, things coming that will be soon. coming. So, and <laughs> one of them was, uh, Fla- uh, sorry, Flash, uh, Green Arrow and Green Lantern. So, uh, awesome. Th- that was, like, a team up from, like, you know, the pre-crisis days and stuff like that. So, that's yep. cool. So, that's for coming up. Oh, they're coming up. It shows some uh, aliens. <laughs> Great. Uh, it shows a lantern battery, like, cracking. Like a broken lantern battery, so that's kind of interesting. And you see a bunch of new lanterns. One of them has a, a Batman suit, so it's a little... yeah, that that was really confusing. But like, it's not it, Bruce Wayne, but it it's a no. lantern in a Batman suit. Yeah, but it so basically this issue like set up like a bunch of stuff that'll be coming throughout the run, and um, it is like it's gonna be like a TV show, like a twelve episode season, you know, and then so maybe some of these. Uh, you know, uh, things they set up in this issue will be resolved by, or we'll understand them by the end of season one or the end of year one, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So this is just setting up this issue. 
Like, we got to see Dr. Manhattan's symbol. So I thought that's, like, the coolest thing ever. And I can't believe I didn't I, catch that at first. I, I totally did not catch that. I, I, I was, like, more mesmerized that, like, they rebuilt Oa somehow. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wow, how the, how the hell did they rebuild Oa? And how did they rebuild book of Oa? I was like, all right. I mean, that's cool regardless. You know, it reminded me a lot of Jeff John's Green Lantern run. And I was just like, I didn't even pay attention to that. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> no, it's back. And uh, it's cool. I just... Grant Morrison's a great writer, and Green Lanterns has not been bad in, like, 200 years. Like, before New 52 started, Green Lanterns was good. When New 52 started, Green Lantern was good. When Rebirth started, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps was amazing, and Green Lanterns was good. I mean... I mean, really, even if you go back to the 90s, like, you have the Kyle Rayner run, which is, I mean, I, I think great in its own right. Then oh, yeah. after the Kyle Rayner run, you have Green Lantern Rebirth by Jeff Johns, which starts the Jeff Johns Green Lantern run, which mm-hmm. is amazing in its own right. And then you have the New 52 Green Lantern, which I feel like a lot of people sleep on, but that was a good book. And yep. then you have the two Rebirth titles, which are pretty beloved. And then now you got the Grand Mars one. So Green it's Lan- one of those things where it's like just great all the time green lantern you know? is the one book that no matter what era you it's get consistent. it's good <laughs> yeah it's it, always it's a good book good and it's so. kind of the reason why it got its movie back in like 2011 i know the movie was awful but that didn't stop the comics from changing so yeah yeah so i'm 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 digging uh, I, like there were things that i was very confused on in the first issue I- we did not understand the beginning, but I think it's something that'll be explained later. So I'm, you know, holding judgment on that. But yeah, I, I genuinely like this issue. Um, rating wise, I'm probably gonna go like an eight out of ten, just because there was confusion. But like, I, I think it'll be explained by the time you know, the first twelve issues. You know? go, yeah, I'm gonna go eight point five. There was confusion, but there was also a lot of hype around it. I didn't like the beginning where it was just confusing, and I wasn't a fan that. They didn't continue with Hal and Pals. I wish they had uh, Carol and Hal together instead of Hal having sex with some random person in a desert. <laughs> that that was a little weird, but <laughs> I, I kind of prefer yeah, Carol. Yeah, it's, 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 mo- it's mostly weird because, like, you know, the, uh, like you said, the last issue of Hal and Pals, like the last, like, almost panel was him making out with Carol Ferris at her door. So it's like, like, okay, did, did that just happen? Then Hal's like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right peace i'm gonna go uh, have sex with this random girl in the desert yep it was just like really okay but, but yeah i i think this title is gonna be one of the greats uh grant morrison i mean he really doesn't disappoint i i feel like the only grant morrison book that i really dislike is final crisis and that's only because I, it's it's just so confusing but i feel like that's more dc editorial like kind of putting in their input like i, I feel like that's what any crisis book to be honest you know yeah yeah I think like this book had a confusing moments, but it's the first issue. Unfortunately, yeah. it is monthly, not bi-weekly, so we're going to have to wait till December to find out what happens next. But I don't think I will ever drop this book, and I hope it doesn't end anytime soon. Stay yeah, on no, it. I, I think it'll be good, and I hope Liam Sharp stays on the art because I really dig his art. And uh, yeah, so that I'd was the okay Green Lantern. If, uh, the Hal and Powell's artist came back. <laughs> Uh, Rafa Sandoval. Yeah, he's draws the perfect Green Lantern art, in my opinion. So, yeah, I like Rafa Sandoval, and I like Ethan Van Skiver, even though he's no longer with DC. But um, they, you know, the Green Lantern pretty much always has good art too. That's like another plus. But yeah, so Green Lantern number one, pretty solid in our books. I'd recommend jumping on the title while it's young. Uh, you don't really need to understand much from like the past. Like if you didn't read uh, Hal and Pals or Green Lantern's Rebirth, just pretty much know that they're building a new Oa and that. 
Hal was having his battery just checked, I guess. But yeah, um, so that was the Green Lantern, number one, uh, in stores near you. Uh, <laughs> we Our next comic of the week was Batman number 58, uh, Tom King. Oh, boy. Um, so we're done with the, we're done with the KGB Stark. Uh, this, this next arc is going to be about the Penguin. Awesome, yeah. right? The Penguin's cool. Um, so th- this one, this this issue kind of tells stories in like flashbacks, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. the Penguin like being connected to the Mister Freeze arc, which it was uh, like the jury arc, which was like right after the wedding. Yeah. Uh, so you want to recap? If you're it? not familiar with that arc, uh, the arc, yeah. So the arc was like Mister Freeze was guilty or was going to be uh, guilty of killing uh, multiple women, like freezing their brain or something like that, and uh, Bruce Wayne like bribes his way onto the jury, and he like he fights against mr freeze being arrested even though batman was like really aggressive against mr freeze uh but yeah bruce wayne ends up convincing the entire jury that uh mr freeze is innocent so then um that was like a moral victory for him after he was depressed with catwoman and the wedding and stuff so uh we find out in this arc that penguin actually killed them right that's what i was picking up yeah it seemed uh, like it uh, they like underneath the floorboard or something like that or in between the floorboard yeah, I, like that's how Jim Gordon tied it to Penguin, uh, but so uh, he, Penguin wants to go after Bruce Wayne for some reason. Like he goes to Arkham, they like shave him because there's like there was, there's there was like, shave him bald, and mm-hmm. he was all gross. Uh, but once he's back in prison, like in Arkham, he's like welcomed with uh, like a party almost, and, like welcome back, boss. It's like all his like uh, goons, and uh, Penguin's kind of like sad because uh, somebody died. We don't know who it is yet, and he's get me a suit, get me a top hat, like, you know, get me a, you know, like a, his penguin get together, basically get me an umbrella. And, uh, he, we find out that somebody named Penny Cobblepot, Cobblepot died, which is his sister, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I don't think so. Is his mother? I think it's his wife. Oh, it's his wife. Who he wanted to keep a secret. The, the weird thing is, is you see her grave near the middle of the book. She was born in 1998, so she's 20 years old. She's my oh. age. So, oh, I did not know she was born in 1998. According to the internet, it was his wife. Okay, I, th- I thought that was his sister. That's why I was a little confused why he, like, I don't know. He was, like, very, like, upset about this. I mean, I think with any death he'd be upset. But, yeah, uh, well, you know, he, like. He puts a gravestone next to hers for him to be buried in eventually. And it says, Oswald Cobblepot, beloved son and husband. And then her says Penny Cobblebot, beloved daughter and wife. So, oh, interesting. Okay. Anyway, um, so Penguin's kind of upset about that, but he's focusing on uh, getting Bruce Wayne because, well, Bruce Wayne just talked to Jerry out of not convicting Mister Freeze, which tied Penguin to the uh, murders. So um, he wants to go after Bruce Wayne, but he's like, "No, we can't go after Bruce Wayne. So we're gonna go after his baller, Alfred." Uh, so he gets like snipers in a helicopter and uh he he gets like the red dot on alfred's forehead while he's cleaning uh but in between all this like we're getting uh penguin at a table and it's like a bunch of different flashbacks so like when he first gets to arkham uh he like bane is his boss which is kind of weird uh bane is standing next to batman flashpoint batman yeah Yeah. or so we think thomas wayne batman which is yeah. weird. Yeah, so um like Penguin calls Bane boss and anyway, uh I think that's why right Penguin wasn't allowed to touch Bruce Wayne because Bane wants 
something to do with him. Yeah, like that's he, why he has to go after Alfred. He goes to Bane and he's just like, "I'm so sorry, uh, I'm late, sir." And Flashpoint Batman just kind of glares in the darkness, and Bane's just like, "Yes, Penguin, here you are." And then that's where the scene ends. But it kind of implies that Bane ordered Penguin to kill Alfred. It seems. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess he wants to like break Batman in any way he can, which would be, you know killing his butler so yeah. uh Peng- penguin has uh snipers on alfred's position while well, he's like i think he was like cleaning a window or something he was like next to a window and uh, oh he was checking the window because there was a break in but when he looked it was just a bird flew flew through the window uh, oh okay and um batman is like in front of penguin at a desk and uh penguin calls off the hit he's like uh he's like what do you want us to do boss and then penguin's like uh kill kill the pilot and kill yourself and like he does it, you hear like bam, bam. You say so, here, and then he, you got a boss, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, like it was crazy. I was like, okay, Penguin has some kind of influence on these guys. Loyalty. And uh, that's pretty much that. That's where the issue pretty much ended with uh, Batman in front of Penguin at the desk. I don't know if they had any dialogue there. I just he know said, Penguin, Bat- like, Penguin said, "Batman, please sit down. We have so much to discuss." Oh, okay, so yeah, so that's where the issue ended. Um, it's a setup issue. I didn't, you know, it was all right. The future of this issue, or this arc, is Penguin and Batman teaming up. So I feel like Penguin does not want to work for Bane. He wants to get rid of Bane. So I feel like he's going to tell Batman about Bane. And Batman's going to kind of team up with him and be like, hey, I mean, Penguin's got an ego. So to see him call somebody boss is, like, weird, you know? Yeah, it's very weird. Well, he uh... actually just said sir, but that's still weird. Yeah, it's like his, I mean that's basically like a boss. Like I don't picture you know, Penguin convince can convince his two workers to kill themselves. You know, like yeah. I don't I don't see him taking orders. You know. Mm-hmm. Also, a little note that I thought was super good, nice to see Penguin has an eye patch in this, and in Red Hood and the Outlaws, like a few months ago, Red Hood shot Penguin in the face, right in the eye. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a little little tie-in, which is good. Take notes, Grant Morrison. Tag into uh, other <laughs> Wait, did, did Doomsday Clock give... Because Penguin's in that. Did he have an eye patch in that? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Now you got to yell at Jeff Johns. How do you feel now? <laughs> well, to be fair, Doomsday Clock is like was written like 100 years ago. So Anyway, oh, not the point. Uh, what did you think of the Batman issue? I actually thought this was one of Tom King's better recent issues. I was entertained the entire time. It was cool to see Bane again. Flashpoint Batman. You want to talk about that for a bit? Because that's kind of confusing. Yeah. So Flashpoint Batman sent Flash- next to Bane. He also appeared in Batman number 50. 50. Um, after the wedding, like in the group of villains. Basically, they had... Bane was standing next to a villain from every arc of Batman so far. Right? Like, that, mm-hmm. that was the premise of the end of Batman number 50. Yeah, and one the, yeah, one of the people Bane was sitting or standing next to, I guess he was sitting, sitting next to was Thomas Wayne Batman. Uh, Flashpoint Batman appeared in the Button arc, which was about two years ago, year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, year and a half. At the end of that arc, Thomas Wayne disappears because Dr. Manhattan kind of ends Flashpoint. He just destroys Flashpoint and Thomas Wayne says, we rise and disappears. Then in Batman 50, he kind of stands next to Bane. It's like, okay, how the hell are you still alive? And this issue, he stands next to Bane. He doesn't say anything, though. He just kind of stands there flexing. So it's like, And he has the same pose in both, which is why people are like, oh, it's a mannequin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> welcome to comic theory. I don't think it's actually a mannequin. I think that's just the way the artist likes to draw it. 
Because it's the same artist here. That's so you think it's actually people. Thomas Wayne? I think, uh, I think it's an actual person, not a cardboard cutout, like okay, I joke about. Okay, but you think it's Thomas Wayne? I don't know about that. I feel like it is, but I don't want it. I have no idea. I, I honestly, I don't want to say anything because I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen Instagram comments where it's like, Bane doesn't want Batman to be Batman. Uh, Thomas Wayne's whole premise in the button is he doesn't want Bruce to be Batman. Now, I don't think Thomas Wayne would be a villain to his own son, but I don't know. I mean, he doesn't want Bruce to be Batman, right? So maybe if he teams up, I, I don't know. Tom King has a way of doing things that are quote unquote deep. Uh Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm interested to say the least. It's I don't, I don't know how it'll work out. But like, yeah, Thomas Wayne appeared again. Yep, possibly. Uh, that, it's weird. Besides that, um, but the issue, it's weird seeing Penguin having a 20 year old wife. Uh, assuming that is his wife. I feel like it is. I, I didn't. I didn't realize. Wait. So did on um, um, Penguin's grave plot? Did it say what year he was born? Yep. He's about, you know, hold on. Oh, uh, yeah, he was born in 1970. So he's oh, in his so high he's, 40s. So, so he's 28 years younger than his wife? Yeah, that kind of feels like a penguin move, to be honest. <laughs> so she's 20 years old, and he's that old, 40, 48, I guess. He's, he's like Hugh Hefnering it, you know? He's like, yeah. not a younger one. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of gross, though. He seems he, really like, seems devastated. About, yeah, yeah, he, like, seems... he seemed very emotional to be losing Penny. Yeah, and he wasn't even there when she died, it seems so. Uh, She worked at the bar that Penguin owns, the Penguin Lounge or whatever it's called. Uh, The Iceberg Lounge. Apparently, yeah, apparently Penny's father keeps coming to the lounge asking where she is. And they're just like, I don't know, even though she's dead. And Penguin doesn't (laughs) want to tell the father that she died. So Yeah, they were like, should we invite her family to the funeral? And he's like, no, squawk. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they had to say squawk in this issue like like how uh if you've ever seen the 60s batman show how burgess meredith did the penguin which i thought was kind of interesting yeah <laughs> it <laughs> is i don't know i like it this is, yeah uh but yeah uh what do you rate the issue i give it like a eight i enjoyed it good job Tom king eight okay um i'm probably gonna go 7.5 uh not much happened i mean it's a setup issue um I'm interested in the arc, and I'm interested to see how Thomas Wayne fits into all of this. But yeah, uh, it's a, it's assuming Thomas Wayne appears again in this arc, yeah, it might just be another tease, and then it'll be like three months until he appears again. But yeah, uh, I enjoyed the. Oh, there's also a um, little reverse flash reference. You want to talk about that? When Alfred oh, was cleaning yeah, the T Rex, so Al- Alfred's cleaning on the T Rex. In the and, back cave. Um, there's like yeah, there's like blood on the tooth, and like it's like it's very zoomed in on the tooth. Like you don't see Alfred, but you can see him cleaning. It. He's like discussing with Batman, and he's like, "Oh, I'm just cleaning some of the blood that he says like Mister Zoom." Yep. Uh, left there. I was like, at first when I read that, I was like, Mister Zoom. I was like, is he talking about Eobard? And I was like, oh, that's no, I'm way to. But he is. Okay. <laughs> um, I was like, okay. I mean, one of one of Eobard's old names was Professor Zoom, so I think that's just well. It makes sense that Alfred would call him something like slightly similar. He's yeah. very sassy, so and even yeah, when Batman true. says "I'm going out," he just replies, "How thrilling!" Like, he's <laughs> but, very sassy. but like anyway, he, he's cleaning the blood off the tooth from. And he's like uh, talking about like you know the fight with Reverse Flash, so referencing the button, and then we see that Alfred's like hanging upside down, like trying to clean it like on the dinosaur, which is like thirty feet up. So that was really funny. Yeah, yeah it was, that was a, ni- a, a nice little reference to the button. Which is a uh, Tom King's greatest Batman work, in my opinion. So, 
Yeah. You, you, you like that one better than uh, that rooftop story that you like? Oh, I forgot. I forgot rooftop. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts out. See, I know Hunter better than he knows himself. Yeah. I like rooftops better. But the but button's really, really, really good. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I love I love the button. I mean, Jason Fabok art could like fix any story, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, that's but, Batman. Yeah. Oh, we right. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, we both rated it. Yeah, that's Batman. That, that, that was Batman. It was, a, it was a solid issue. Hopefully this arc is good because I haven't been enjoying If you, you've been listening, I haven't been enjoying Batman in a long time. So either. Um, hopefully it's getting better. All right? It was promising. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so let's move on to the next one. Justice League number 11, Drowned Earth part two. Part, yeah, part two. Well, it's technically like part five or something like that but yeah but they're, they're not considering any of the first three issues like parts of it so which is odd in my opinion but anyway mm-hmm. just like number 11 drowned earth um so this issue kind of takes part in uh takes place in parts so like um aquaman story uh he's like being forced to walk the plank by like those ocean gods yeah. and uh they're like you know you have no powers you got and then he's like yeah but i live with batman and he starts fighting them like trying to fight them without any powers and uh the the like the narration's like they forget that aquaman doesn't just talk to fish like he could fight too i was like okay good good for aquaman mm-hmm. um but then eventually like they're able to overpower him because they're gods and they force him to walk the plank but then wonder woman comes on a sailboat like magic sailboat <laughs> and uh <laughs> and, and and she saves them uh, she saves aquaman and uh aquaman's like we have to go to the like the, wherever they were trying to send him down, like the 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 burial of like the sea, basically, or like to yeah. try to find Poseidon, because he's like our only hope to beat them is to get Poseidon. So that's where him and Wonder Woman are going, even though one not want to go there. Um, Batman is with his son Jaro. Um, why is he his son? I don't know. For some reason, Jaro calls him dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was so funny. <laughs> Jaro is Jaro is an abbreviation for Starro in a jar, but I've been seeing. All- a lot of people say it, so I love it. it uh, it's basically, yeah, so, yeah, it's a mini Starro in a jar. In a jar. <laughs> exactly what you said. Yeah, Batman is using be, Starro yeah. to, like, to like telepathically communicate with the League because all the comms are down. Yeah. And Hunters know. Batman literally says, Jaro, use your telepathic, yeah, telepathic powers. Can you sense anyone? Can you link me to anyone at all? And he says, I'm getting nothing, Dad. No one. And Batman doesn't even, like, he just says, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like... <laughs> Okay. Um, sure. Batman's so like I, I holding him like a baby too. <laughs> so I, I guess when um, you know when Dick comes to his senses, he's gonna realize he has another brother in in Jaro. That <laughs> 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 was just like a like it really caught me like by shock when he called him dad. I was just like I'm reading in my head and I'm like, what the hell? Did I just like I had to reread it. Like, he a really little dad, a little pink star alien just called the Batman dad, and Batman didn't even be like, why'd you call me that? He just goes, damn it, League, if you could hear any me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, 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 I was, like you weren't expecting Batman to say like I'm not your dad or no, it's just like it's like damn it. So <laughs> it's just um, like, he. he it's just so curdling the basically story. Jaro is gonna be the Jaro is gonna be the next Robin. That's what we're getting. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Jaro for Robin. Get it trending. I, I like um, Scott yeah. Snyder tries to do humor a lot, and sometimes it doesn't work. But this definitely worked really well. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sometimes his humor falls flat, but that one was really well done. It, the way it was like so subtly introduced, like no reaction from Batman. I don't know. It just it, it killed me. It was really good. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, Batman's like trying to make his way out of the Justice League HQ because it's going to be underwater soon. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can anybody hear me? And, and then a voice is like, oh, we could hear you. And then bum, 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 it's Legion of Doom waiting for him on the other side of the door. So that's like where the issue ended with uh, Batman versus the, just, versus the Legion of Doom. But uh, there's more story, of course. So the Flash and Superman are together. Flash is like slightly infected because um, he touched the water, but the speed force is able to the plot convenes itself, uh, keeping it away from him. Yeah, so, yeah. So, like, like, half of his face is, like, turning into gills. Um, they meet up with Mera, Queen of Atlantis, and, uh... On the water, like, too. They're using Superman's cape as, like, a boat. Yeah, <laughs> which is actually kind of dope. It kind of reminded me of, like, The Incredibles when... Yeah, uh, I was about to say, it's totally like The Incredibles when they fall in, fall in the water. Superman kind of has the cape held up so he's not getting touched by the water, and Flash is hanging on the back using his feet as, like, a motor. To... Yeah, so it's like yeah, basically like the Incredibles. Because if um, you touch the water, you die. <laughs> well, you turn into like yeah. a zombie. But <laughs> you turn into like a fish zombie monster. But yeah, so uh, Flash is like slightly infected. Um, Flash, Superman, and Mara make their way to. I don't know if they said what desert. It was, oh yeah, it was uh, da, 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 da. give me a Sahara. second. Flip blah 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 blah. Oh, to the Atacama Desert, the driest place on Earth, which is yeah, not infected so... yet. It's like the only one place on Earth that isn't drowned. So, yeah, all the Mara's powers are, you know, hydrokinesis. So probably not the best place for her to go. Uh, but they're looking for like, like a weapon is what I was getting at. And um, yeah, you know, like having flash flash search for it as fast as he can. Uh, yeah, Superman there was a old use... there's an old king of Atlantis that died and they wanted him to be buried in this dry place on Earth. So no one could find him because, you know, Atlantis water. Why would he want to be buried in a desert? But uh, he also <laughs> buried with them was uh, weapons. That could fight if like a world threatening situation came, like yeah. now. So, yeah, yeah. And um, Superman was wearing an eye patch. Um, why was that? He because he got hit in the eye or something last issue, and uh, it I don't know. Oh, it, it drained his powers for a bit too. So uh, okay, I don't really but understand it, it yeah, because his vision, like he's able to see the tomb underground. Yeah, he's also kind of getting infected from the splashes of water that during his fights the past few issues. So yeah, it so hit him, him in the eye. Flash are like fighting it off, basically, like fighting off the uh, infected fish. Yeah, Superman, he's fighting it off due to him being Kryptonian, I assume, uh, mm-hmm. and Flash because of the speed force. So yeah, um, but it, then when when Superman finally spots it underground, that's when it starts uh, drowning, right? Well, the desert? Not not quite. Basically, Superman uses his X-ray vision to be because his powers are slowly coming back. He sees like a tomb. Flash is able to run around uh, the desert for a bit to kind of make the sand slowly sink into this like oh, secret cavern. Right. That was actually kind of cool. It's really cool. Yeah, you, you get this beautiful art by Francis Manupel of Flash just running in circles and the sand is slowly like crumbling down, it, and you see this like ancient sand tomb. It's it's. A- it's nice to see Francis Manupel drawing the Flash again, like you know, because he drew the New Fifty Two, or at least the he first, is like, the greatest the Flash, Flash artist. In my I ranked him. I ranked him as my number one. But yeah, I yeah. think Christian Deuce could pass him one day. But yeah, um, Francis Manupel draws an amazing Flash, and his colors are just oh so good. But yeah, um, so they yeah they make their way to the tomb. But then isn't that where I I feel like I remember them like starting to get drowned? Isn't, uh, does the tomb get drowned? Or is that is that where they I get left to the tomb? They start looking for the weapon. Uh, Mura's just like she kind of knows the way around there from stories and stuff so she's basically telling like Superman move this move this because that's his strength and he's doing that kind of like putting a puzzle together in a way 
and they uh, they open this area, and then they're just like, oh, the weapon, it's gone. And then Black Manta's there, and he's just like, because oh. I have the weapon, and <laughs> I have powers now. And you see, like, um, this ancient old guy kind of behind him, just kind of like, he's doing, his arms are crossed, he's standing slightly to the side, so he's like... Yeah, he's like he, the general of the, like, ocean gods. Yeah, so he's like an evil ocean general god striking a pose he, while Black Manta just... He's, he's ocean god version of Zod. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and the weapon is like this... Uh, the skull that glows and can summon things and they didn't really explain the weapon yet but black manta has it and he's just like uh i have it first and you guys suck bye and he, he even swears at the end he's like you can eat our blah 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 wake i'm not gonna swear on the podcast because i am one good boy but uh, <laughs> then he says uh drown them commander and then the finally the old guy's just like well said ocean king what shall we do with them they will drown and like uh, then all you get this uh kind of view of the desert where uh, Flash ran around in circles to open the door to the tavern. And you see the purple water coming in slowly and sinking down into the uh the ruins with that Superman, Mira, and Flash are. So they Flash starts panicking. He's like, "There's no way we can escape this." And that was the last we saw them this issue. So. Gotcha. And then um, just because I realized I didn't give the ending of uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, um, they make their way to Poseidon. This is actually how the issue ends. They make their way to Poseidon, and um, Poseidon's like all chained up, and uh, or like he was like looked all weak and old, and yeah, he like, talks about how his Cheetah's muscles claw are affect him. Yeah, and he talks about how Cheetah's claw affected affected him, and uh, then he stabs Arthur in the end, and he's with like yelling trident. at him. Yeah, yeah, with the trident. So that was an interesting ending. I so yeah, Aquaman's just like Poseidon. We need your help, and he's just like, I cannot help you, Arthur Curry of Earth. He's like, please, we need your help. And then he yells, like, you're already dead and stabs Aquaman. So it's like, yeah, it's brutal, it. too. Like, with the trident and all three pointy things on the trident went straight through Arthur's gut. So, and out the back, too. Oh. So, uh, that's like a death move. And it's like, Jesus, rip for sure. Rest in peace, Aquaman. But, but yeah, so, uh, <laughs> what'd you think of this issue? I thought it was really, really good. This arc is actually amazing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was not I expecting it. to like Drowned Earth, but I've really been enjoying it so far. Um, I kind of like like the three different stories in one, you know, like with e- focusing on different groups of characters. Um, yeah, Batman, Batman and Jaro warms my heart, so that was cool. <laughs> um, Aquaman and Wonder Woman make a fantastic duo that I've been wanting for years since they're both kind of like yeah. mythology superheroes. Agreed. Um, yeah, they, they they've been like kind of like a team up in Justice League lately, and I love it. Um, they work well together. I also. I also like seeing Mera interact with like leaguers because she doesn't really interact with anybody who's not like Atlantean or like Zabillion, so it's kind of interesting to see her interact with other superheroes, you know? She works well with them too. She she's a good leader, I'd say. Yeah. She was yeah, basically like the leader of the new Trinity here, Superman. But but Flash I like one of Su- one of Superman's lines, because uh, Superman's like, I don't know much about being in a monarchy, but I know a leader is supposed to inspire their people. And I was like, hmm, I like that Superman. That was good. <laughs> good job good i like that i like how uh the threats seem real here because we never know like flash could become a zombie next issue so yeah yeah the speed force could like magically stop or same with superman for him like honestly yeah i feel like so. it's cool like aquaman just got stabbed no idea what's gonna happen there because you don't really know what's gonna happen next the legion of doom are trapping batman in the hall of justice and uh, Superman, Flash, and Mera are about to be drowned. I feel like they could get out if Superman kind of grabs him and flies out, but we don't know if that'll happen or not because Superman's powers are weak since he's been splashed with the water. So 
I really like this issue. I really like the story because of the stakes and we don't know what's going to happen next. So good job, Scott Snyder. This is probably his best Justice League story yet. It might be. Yeah. And he's just getting started. I mean, he's got so much planned for the future and I can't wait. Um, I'm going to give this issue like five out of 10. Um, I really like the story. I really like the Francis Monopole art and um, I'm interested to see how Drowned Earth is going to eventually make its way to a close. You said 9.5? 8.5. 8.5. Sorry. Uh, I give it a nine. I thought this issue was awesome. I can't really think of any complaints besides the fact that uh, the Legion of Doom thing. I thought at the end where they trap Batman, I thought that was a little like eh, I want kinda this. Cheesy. I kind of want this to focus. I don't really need the Legion of Doom in this besides maybe I Black mean, Manta. But something Scott Snyder said is that the Legion of Doom is kind of always going to be out. There now. like uh... yeah, I know, I know that. I understand that. I just kind of. When they appeared, I wasn't like, oh my god, Legion of Doom's back. I'm like, oh, okay. But still, yeah, 9 out of 10 issue. I mean, like, I hope the Legion of Doom doesn't touch Batman's son, Jaro. So, <laughs> there's something that... <laughs> He's the next Robin, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. He's, he was the best part. I thought Black Manta was a badass in this issue. I've said it before, I'm going to say yeah, it again. I, Black Manta's my favorite villain of all time in DC. I was, so. I was just wondering if, if you liked his characterization now that he you know, got the powers of Aquaman. I, well, I, like I do, the, but at the same time, he hasn't really used the powers yet. But I want to see, and hopefully that is something that happens within the last two issues of this arc, him using the Aquaman powers to their fullest extent. Because, like, the way he described in the last issue where he's like, you have all this power and you talk to fish. Like, I want to see him use the full extent of Aquaman's powers. Me too. Me too. Bugman does my favorite villain. So I love that he's involved in this. I love how he's not just, like, a Legion of Doom side character. He seems like he is the villain of the series, even though he's not. He, he just seems like he is. He's my second favorite Aquaman villain. I think I still prefer Orm, but he's a great villain, and I could confidently put him on my top 10 DC villains, I think. He's fantastic. Aquaman has really good villains. People don't really understand that. They're just like, oh, Aquaman, like, he talks to fish, but now Aquaman's badass, but, like, his villains are also badass guys. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I saw you rank the top 10, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Black Mantis is my number one aquaman villain he's my number one dc villain so give me more also the uh ending with aquaman that's actually insane how he got stabbed like that obviously he's gonna live that was nuts we all know he's gonna live because he's you know it's aquaman he still has a title (laughs) but uh it's interesting i don't know what they're gonna do with that if he's gonna be wounded for a while like batman did because like scott snyder broke batman's bones and she's like okay he'll be back it's been like a few months, and Batman's still like in a body yeah, he's cast. Still in like a full body cast. Yeah. So yeah, exactly, Snyder has kind of shown like if if we hurt our heroes, like that's gonna last for a bit. They're gonna have to recover. So, but I but I like that. Yeah, I like it too. So it's interesting that Aquaman just got stabbed in the gut. So I'm curious what's gonna happen with that. I mean, I know when when Kelly Sue takes over on Aquaman, he's gonna have like amnesia. Is that gonna be straight out of Drowned Earth or is Aquaman? I feel like it will. Are you going to be reading that, Aquaman's new title? I don't know. I will be, so I, I will talk about it on this podcast. I, I haven't read the solicitations. I haven't read Aquaman since the end of the New 52, but I loved Aquaman New 52. I heard Rebirth wasn't as good, Dan Abnett, but now that he's gone, I don't, I don't really know much about Kelly Sue. I don't know anything else she's written. Me either, but Aquaman Rebirth was decent, I would say. It wasn't bad. Okay. So I mean, sure. it was going to be hard to follow up the New 52 because that was literally... A top three new 52 title like it was, it was great yeah jeff johns and ivan Reese, like perfect duo yeah. but yeah that's uh justice league 11 
Good yeah, book. and uh, we got we we got two comics left. We'll try to get through them a little quickly because we're already at the fifty-one and forty-second uh, mark. But anyway, um, we'll go with Nightwing number fifty-two next. In this issue, Rick Grayson is Rick Graysoning it up. He's living <laughs> in a house with a bunch of cats. Uh, not really living in there. He's freeloading in there. Um, he drove a woman to the hospital who was going to be in the hospital for a few days. So he decided, hey, let me stay in her apartment while she's gone. I don't mind the cats as long as I feed them. Um, God, just stupid Rick Grayson. Anyway, um, the the cop in the town who took over the Nightwing suit last issue is recruit recruiting four of the other uh, cops in the city, and he wants them to wear the other Nightwing suits and like be a force of justice in Bloodhaven, which so I actually like, kind of yeah, I, I kind of love it. I, that's I honestly kind of a do. cool it's idea. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, because he's like a dirty cop. Like he, you know, he's willing to kind of bend the law to try to do the right thing uh, it could be very interesting i'm more interested in him than rick grayson right now <laughs> yeah he's wearing the nightwing well, rebirth suit he's hiring uh three other i guess dirty but trustworthy cops to wear the new 52 nightwing suit the golden age nightwing suit or not the golden age like the original suit and the, the disco, disco wing suit. 90s wing uh, red wing and the rebirth yeah so that's kind of cool how we have uh, all the well not all of them but most of the Nightwing suits, rest in peace, finger stripe suit. <laughs> Most of the Nightwing suits are going to be used as um, cops. Are going to be using dirty cops. I kind of like that. It, it kind of reminds it, me of. Yeah, a, it, yeah. It's not even that like they're exactly dirty cops. They're just like getting a warrant in the city. Like they were talking about, Bloodhaven is taking forever because there's so many cases. So mm-hmm. they they don't have enough time to wait for the law because you know their city's getting so out of hand with crime. So they need to take things in. The- their own measures and who does that but vigilantes so think of it why this not dress way. up like the vigilantes yeah think of it okay so daredevil bullseye wears daredevil's suit in the new season and in the comics a while ago think of it like that so it's a uh, potential villains wearing a hero's suit to try to do the right thing in a like a more of a dirty way that's kind of what it reminds me of yeah, I don't even think that these cops are going to end up villains I, I just think that they're just trying to get something done in the city because nightwing is I'm more interested in their story, Grayson. It's not going to be like, oh, it's just like a like a Nightwing character, but different. Like their personalities from Nightwing are very different, and they use guns. Yeah, but like but as it, it, it not like a a uh, Punisher style guns, like as if a they use guns as if like a cop would use a gun only if yeah, necessary. Yeah, like, like a Glock, like a police issued gun. Yeah, so I like that. It's actually a cool idea. I don't like Rick Grayson, yeah. but I like uh, whatever this cop's name is. Yeah, yeah, and so it's gonna be interesting to see like four Nightwings that like in the various Nightwing suits that are all running around the city. Anyway, um, Rick Grayson like he beat the crap out of somebody who was trying to uh, shoot him and rob him, and um, he's like, I, like I, he felt felt bad at what he did, so he called the cops and said that somebody got assaulted, and he's like, do I do I, I turn myself in or do I just you know wait for it? Like, like he didn't know what to do, and mm-hmm. he's like, why do I have all this power? Like, and he's realizing like I, I think little by little he's realizing like wow I really was a superhero. Um, he has a lot of memories of his mother and like before he was adopted by Bruce, but that's kind of where the memories stop. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of interesting. But at the end of the issue, um, one of the Nightwing cops goes by him. Um, he goes by Rick Grayson and he's like, "Official police business, get out of the way." And then Rick Rick is like, "Nightwing," and that's where the issue <laughs> ended. So Rick Grayson, he knows he was a superhero. I did, don't know if they kind of specifically said or not if he was Nightwing. Yeah, he he did in this issue. Okay, he so like, he knows uh, that he was Nightwing, but now he's seeing someone he, else's he, Nightwing. 
So, but he, but he keeps talking about it in the past tense. He's like, yeah, I guess I was Nightwing. Like he's not like you know. I mean, he knows it happened, but like he's not like sure of it because it's not in his memories. Yeah. So now he's this is gonna make him doubt himself, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of cool. You know, it's good that we're getting something cool instead of just like Rick Grayson is sad. Rick Grayson is depressed. Rick Grayson is mad. Like, okay, we get it. It's cool that we're getting this new character, and he's actually an interesting new character. And now we're gonna have four Ninja Turtles. I mean, Nightwings running around the city at night. <laughs> it should be interesting. I'm, I'm very interested for the next issue because I really want a panel where Nightwing suits are together. And um, one of them is actually a girl, so I'm interested yeah, to see how that plays out. Uh, the female ones wearing the disco suit, so <laughs> which should be interesting. Um, I'm gonna give the issue a seven out of ten. Um, I don't care for the Rick Grayson plot, but I'm interested to see what comes. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Like, good job. I've hated this arc so far, but this was like an actually step up from the direction that I, mean, I was going before. Scott, Scott Lobdell is a, you know, he's a pretty good writer. I, I like his writing style. So He's um, gotten way know. better over the years. Like, I've been reading his books since 2011. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't like New 52 Teen Titans, but Red Hood has been pretty enjoyable. Nightwing hopefully gets better. So, yeah. Red Hood and the Outlaws New 52 had its problems. I think Red Hood and Arsenal was a step up, and Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth is incredible. So, he's definitely getting better and better as he goes. Uh, he had a bad start with Nightwing, in my opinion, but he's definitely moving up again. So, good job. Yeah. Um, and then our last comic of the week is Adventures of the Super Sons, number four. Uh, Peter Tomasi, who's like a god in my eyes. I always say that Peter <laughs> can do no wrong in my eyes, and I, I mean, I mean it mean that in the sense that like he wrote a lot of the things that i like like superman rebirth and the original super sun series and you know uh batman and robin and all that good stuff but anyway not the point uh peter tomasi on Avengers super sons it's been pretty fun so far i feel like it doesn't have the level of like the the original super sun series had Definitely i don't know not. if you feel the same way yeah like yeah, it, no, it doesn't have the same vibe for me but like i still like it it's not bad i don't love it but it's good it's not as good as the original Super Sun series. That's my point. Yeah. But any, anyway, um, so at the end of last issue, Joker Jr. Um, was launched into space. Uh, but apparently he was saved by Space Cabby, who has been seen in, I think, Hal and Pals. Yeah, he's Guy Gardner's friend. Yeah. And um, Guy a little cameo uh but anyway um re- so last issue superboy was split into red and blue superboy kind of like the 90s uh red and blue superman uh which is actually kind of interesting um it's like because, two personalities like, and two different bodies of one person but like they're both so kind and like so country and damien hates it uh but anyway <laughs> so um space cabbie and joker jr i guess i'm gonna call him save uh damien and the two Superboys and uh they they like go off into space like damien like shifts it into drive basically and makes some kind of like hyperdrive into space uh but lex jr doesn't even care or sorry rex jr doesn't even care because he's got the cube thing he needs he's like whatever the super sons will get theirs so they go off to like a space planet and um the space planet like they can breathe air and there's like an old house like a uh old victorian house um they, well they when, crash when land there space, yeah, when they're going through space, like they go, they see Guy Garner, they see Lobo, which was really cool. Um, so there's two cameos right there, but yeah, they, so they crash land there. Space Cabby's got to like kind of like fix up the car, so he's like, "Oh, go up to that house, go see if they could uh, send a signal out for us." Uh, Robin tells us that he sent out a signal for a Green Lantern, but couldn't get any like uh, answer, so that 
was a little. Uh, they they're making their way up to the house. Red Superboy, Blue Superboy, and Damien, and like Damien's so annoyed with them, and it's so funny. Like the interactions are really good between them. He's like, I can't deal with two of you, John Kent. The Earth does not need two John Kents. <laughs> and it's funny because we're gonna have two Superboys soon. I mean, one of them will be Connor Kent, but still. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they get their way to the house and I don't know, like they're waving to Joker Jr. And Cabby, Space Cabby's like, can you still see your friends? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can see him. And then they make their way into the house. So uh, Joker Jr. kicks Space Cabby into the trunk and takes his car. And he's like, um, I got them out of there. Now I can really now I can do my real plan. So I don't know if Joker Jr. is going to become a villain. But it kind of uh, seems like that way since you just kick <laughs> drive you and stole his car. He's, he's like, I did my good deed. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but Robin and uh, when when they get in the house, like it's all dark and um, Superboy is back into himself. He's no longer red and blue Superboy. It's just him. They're not Which really sure how it happened. kind of weird. Like, they didn't explain that. It's well, all dark. The house, is like, the house is like attacking them basically. And the house is like speaking poetry to them. And John's like, I love poetry. And... Uh, <laughs> And and then um, they make their way up the stairs, and then they're like, "No, we got to fight back against like the house fighting against us." And when they're fighting back against the house, they see two people walk up to them, and it's adult Robin and adult Superboy. And he's like, "Jonathan, what was that?" And then they're like, "Who are you, people?" So yeah, that was kind of a weird ending. It's like they're <laughs> they're adults, but <laughs> but they're still in that Robin and Superboy suit, and Superboy kind of has a gut on them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like chubby though, not like. They haven't been superheroes in a while. They get stuck in this house. I don't know. It was it was it was interesting. But yeah, that's pretty much where the issue ends. Um I liked it, but it was also confusing. It's very um, weird at times. I'll give I mean, it like a seven point five. I'm kind of interested to see what happens with the adult versions of themselves, but yeah. It's it's I want weird. Damien, I want I want Damien to roast the adult superboy for being chubby. Me too. <laughs> Me too. It's kind of cool. There's some cool thing in the art where when it's dark, Superboy or Super Robin presses uh, his belt in the center, and it's like a button, and his uh, symbol on his chest lights up like a flashlight. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was definitely cool. Uh, it, there, there were some cool things in this issue. I don't know. I, I didn't hate. I like the cameos of Lobo and Guy Gardner when they're just flying past him. Yeah, it's, it's nice to know Guy Gardner appeared in something. I know he appeared in. Dan- damage number 10 and uh now he's appeared in this so like you know he's he's out there which is cool a few cameos here and there he has nowhere to go I mean, since Alan palace ended yeah him and simon have the struggle of fighting for a cameo since they have nowhere to go mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know this was this was a cool issue i'll rate it like a 7.5 yeah i rated seven i guess i mean it was probably it's not, it's nothing special but it's always like a nice little comedic relief Robin, Superboy. It's, it's part not four, what the 12, original Super Sons two. was. Yeah, yeah it's part it's 4 max. 12, so. It's, uh, it's not over yet. I'm going to read the whole thing. It's Yeah, I think the other Super Sons series from last year, I think it was the best. One of the best things about that was uh, just Damien and John having character development and uh, the art. George Jim's mm-hmm. art was so good, but he's on Justice League now, so which is amazing, but I miss him <laughs> drawing John Kent. So... Yeah, I feel that. Um, so that's it for our comics of the week. But we decided to do a character of the week, which will be Hal Jordan in honor of Grant Morrison's Green Lantern title. Yep. And uh, so I'll start with this one. Uh, we usually say how we produced, something we like about the character, like a, if there's a specific story that we like with them and where we want to see them in the future. So I was introduced to Hal Jordan. Um, the first time I saw Hal Jordan that I could think of is when he has like the cameo on Justice League Unlimited. 
uh, I don't know if you remember that episode when they go to like uh, the future, like for a minute flashes into Hal Jordan, and he's like, and he's like, what? I'm Hal Jordan. He's like, oh, it's just, it's just like the timeline being messed with. I don't know if you remember that at all. I don't actually. He, I don't it's like that. it's like a, it's like a five second cameo, but um, so that was my first introduction to Hal Jordan. But in comics, I was introduced when Hal Jordan went crazy. So um, you know, I didn't really understand it at the time because, like, you know. I feel like you need to understand, you know, how Jordan is a character to understand that story. Uh, but anyway, um, so I read mostly Kyle Rayner as a kid, but then I was introduced to how Jordan with Green Lantern Rebirth, which was uh, I actually got that out of the library. <laughs> uh, but I really like that story, and I really like the 2005 Jeff Johns Green Lantern run, which made Hal amazing. Um, one of my favorite Hal stories is Sinestro Corp Wars or Blackest Night or really anything he's in. He's shines in pretty much any book he's in. Um, I love, you know, we were just talking about earlier how every Green Lantern really good since the 90s and i really do agree with that and uh yeah i i'm interested to see the future of hal jordan in the grant morrison book and i hope we get more green lanterns within okay so the way i was introduced to hal i actually don't know how i was introduced to hal i remember i've always known Hal as the first green lantern so a lot of people kind of grew up with the justice league unlimited knowing john stewart as green lantern i did too but i knew Hal was around i don't know how I knew that, I guess from old comic books back then. I used to read old comic books from like uh, farmer's markets and stuff. I get like Justice League comics and see Hal Jordan there because he was the Green Lantern for me at the time. Uh, he had gray in his hair back then though. <laughs> so uh, that that's how I was introduced, I guess. Then later on in cartoons and stuff like that, comics, games, like DC Universe Online, blah, 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 blah. Then, uh, how I see how going in the future, Grant Morrison's run, I think he's going to be amazing. I don't think he's going to be as powerful as he was in Hal and Pals, because Hal Jordan was, like, a super saiyan in Hal and Pals. He turned to willpower himself. He blew up a planet. He, like, went almost so fast that he almost entered the Speed Force. Like, he has been so powerful over the past two years. I uh, yeah, think, I, think, I think this series is going to be more about, like, him as a character than, uh, you know, him. him yeah. A power. Yeah. Yeah, Grant Morrison, I feel like he's just kind of... kind of. I'm okay with that, though. I'm okay with that. I hope they don't nerf him. I hope he's still extremely powerful. Just don't have to buff him up anymore. You know, he could could take a week off from the gym, from the Green Lantern gym. (laughs) Yeah. Hal Jordan is one of my favorite superheroes of all time, actually. He's my favorite Lantern in general. A lot of people prefer Kyle. I prefer Hal. I I understand the hate Hal gets because his constructs are all like jets and missiles and stuff. Well, Kyle's more creative. I don't mind that. I think Kyle is awesome. I love his hot-headed personality. I love how powerful he is. Like, Jesus. <laughs> this guy is powerful. Uh, he's one of my favorite superheroes. He's probably my third favorite superhero, just behind Superman and Batman, honestly. So, wow, really? Yeah. Hal Jordan. I freaking love Hal Jordan. I love Lantern Books. It's a series that I don't think I'll ever drop, like, ever for the rest of my thug life. I will always Green Lantern, Green Lantern titles. If he dies, I'll be heartbroken. Uh, just, you know, keep Hal Jordan as a character. I don't mind if he, like, Hal Rayner takes over a series, or I don't mind if Jessica Cruz takes over for his series. Just as long as he's around, I'll be happy. Hal Jordan's amazing. I want him to be in the DCEU. Like, hurry up. I want to see live-action Hal Jordan, not Ryan Reynolds. I want to see a real live-action, hot-headed, <laughs> powerful Hal Jordan that's not weird. Um, his personality is great his rivalry with sinestro i think it's one of the best comic book rivalries ever i like his origin story i like how heroic he can be despite being like kind of a hothead cocky character like look at him in dark side war 
He took off his ring when there's Omega beams going everywhere just to put it on Batman to get him off the Mobius chair. He saved Batman's life and he almost died because of it. But I just, uh, the entire Dark Side War, which is the greatest book of all time. He is trying to save Batman. I love that. I love that. Hal Jordan's great. Mic drop. We get it. You love Hal Jordan. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh, it, uh, he really is a great character. I, I think, I don't know. It's always time for Kyle or whether Hal amazing characters uh hal's obviously had more of the spotlight from 2005 onward uh but i always respect that kyle rayner kind of helped save the character of green lantern because you know post-crisis green Lantern. oh yeah yeah so big. like kyle rayner is um, one of my favorites but, too i love but, i love all the lanterns just Hal's my favorite if, if you've never read the 2005 green lantern run you know, infamous jeff johns run uh go read it it's amazing you know in sinestro corpse wars it contains you know so many great stories and it all starts with green lantern so if you ever get a chance, like go catch that. It's in trade and just it's it's easily accessible. You know, do yourself a favor. It's one of the greatest comic book runs of all time, and I can say that with confidence. Just go um, on Amazon, yeah. look up Green Lantern, uh, Jeff Johns Rebirth, and you'll get it. You you probably find like an omnibus of Jeff Johns. I wouldn't be surprised if they have one. Um, yeah, but I, my yeah, recommendation go, go would be Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corpse Rebirth, the most recent series. It's about fifty. Yeah, it's exactly fifty issues. I think it's brilliant. I think it has zero flaws. Read the first volume. Yeah, yeah. Get the first volume at least. Get the, it's about Sinestro. Uh, how Jordan blows up a planet at one point in the series. So spoilers. It, well, I'm not going to say when, but he blows up a planet <laughs> at one point. So it's it's just so good. Go read it. Go read it if you like Dragon Ball Z because it's basically comic book Dragon Ball Z. So, yeah. But yeah, um, that's our character of the week, and that's our episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. Five stars is appreciated, but uh, speak honestly from the heart. Uh, it really helps with the rankings over there at iTunes. Um, thank you for supporting the podcast. I know we talked about it in the beginning, but I really am grateful for 25 episodes, and I hope we can go as long as we can go. That's all yep. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. Hunter, do your closing. Okay, well, I'll, I'll say thank you, too. Thank you for 25 episodes. Thank you for almost six months of this podcast. We're not stopping anytime soon. Uh, we are two college students struggling right now, but we're going to try to do this every <laughs> single week without stopping. Uh, thank you for listening to A Hero Story. Thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Bye. <laughs>